Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 102 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks for being here and thanks for tuning into the show. In this episode, we have partnered up with MTB Trail Hub. Jamie rides and documents the best trails across Europe from beginner to expert, local forest to bucket list trips. MTB Trail Hub lives to answer questions on the trails you should be planning to ride. You can find and follow Jamie over on his very cool YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook and his podcast, mtb trail hub so please check jamie's stuff out you won't be disappointed and if you're planning any trails or any rides or any holidays in the near future check out jamie's youtube channel and you'll get a load of information there on the most popular european destinations for mountain biking on today's show we are chatting with three-time irish elite downhill mountain bike champion jacob dixon and Jacob is a cool, cool guy, no doubt about it. Now, Jacob had kind of flown below my radar, um, and then I was chatting with Robert from Freewheeling on episode 100. I don't know if you listened to that, but we were rounding up the Irish racing, and um, Robert said you need to get Jacob on. So I reached out, and he was so cool, so kind to come on the show, and um, I don't know why I'd never asked Jacob to come on before. Um, I, I just... I don't know. But anyway, we got him on. He's a brilliant guy. And uh, we chat about lots of stuff. We chat obviously about downhill mountain biking. But we chat around family and around certain things like breaking his neck at age 15, but still riding bikes. You know, there were so many people told Jacob that he would be best just leaving the bike in the garage. Forget about riding bikes. Get a real job. Do something real with your life. His teachers, a lot of people were telling him that. But Jacob got on the bike straight after getting his neck collar off at age 15 and was racing the same weekend. Uh, the man is just crazy and he's still only a young fella, but he's got great, great attitude for the game. He's got a really good head on his shoulders. The young guy knows what he wants to do. And of course, he is an elite pro athlete. He's a professional athlete. This is what he does for his living. He rides for the Giant Off-Road team and uh, the guy's doing really, really well. So we get into his racing, we get into his UCI stuff, we get into unfortunate things that have happened to him this season. Regards technicals and things like that, we chat to him about all that, we chat to him about the future and we just have a good yarn and a good old chat about one thing and another. Now, if you're a beginner to mountain biking, stick around to the end of the show. We are chatting to Adam from Trail Explorer Mountain Biking Facebook group. And Adam has a few tips on how he advises you get started into mountain biking. So stick around to the end of the show to hear more from Adam and his very cool Facebook group, Trail Explorer Mountain Biking. So sit back, folks, relax, find out what it's like to be a professional mountain bike rider. And um, I'll let Jacob do the rest of the talking. And welcome, Jacob. To the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi, Jacob. Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. How's things in rainy Ireland? Yeah, I think things are good, but it's miserable because it's raining, but it's, everything's good in my side. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ride with a poncho on when it's raining? For, no, not usually. I try to <laughs> I try to keep myself with 
just my kit on. I don't try and put a coat on or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, here, bro. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show. It'll be great to get uh, a chat with you. Your year's been going well so far, so we'll we'll touch on stuff like that. And also, how's everything back home? Everything all right? Yeah, everything's good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm home for a bit since I injured myself. So uh, that's oh, why no. I didn't do lens or hide. No one really knows about it, but, like, I hurt myself. So I'm just back home. I'm waiting to – I go to Montana on Monday. So, yeah, I'm hopefully uh, be good to ride. <laughs> I haven't rode yet. Yeah, yeah. So what was the injury like? Can you chat about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I hurt myself in Valdesol, so it is. So, like, I did my AC – I ripped my AC joint in my shoulder. So, like, it's still not fully healed, but like, it, I don't think it will be. But there's only two more races, so I said to myself, I'll try and get it like built up a bit more and mm-hmm. do the, do these races. So I hopefully do. Well, I'm hopefully I'm saying hopefully, but I'm going to World Champs and Snowshoe, so the last World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, so it'll be good to get there. I'll, I'm going to try and ride this weekend for the first time, and since Father saw, I don't know how many weeks is that? Maybe three or something. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So how did the injury happen? Can't talk about that. <laughs> right. It wasn't bike related then. No, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> Let's just say it happened after the race. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh dear. Oh dear. All right. Well, maybe you can let me know off off air. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, definitely. <laughs> uh, cool. So, what have you been doing to to help it to rehabilitate? Have you been doing anything or just resting? Well, I've been well going to of my physio who at home, Al. So, Al was a he's a well, he's ten years in Ulster rugby. If you've heard of Ulster, like uh-huh. he's a, the physio for Ulster. So, and he just actually, I think he left Ulster last year, a year before. So he's really good. He's been sorting me out. And then my trainer, Tom Finn, at Impact Performance here, he helped me get back okay. to where I am. So it's all been like us. It's been hard because it's haven't been able to use it too much because once you need it out of a heel because it's a ligament. So like it's just, you can't just go and just start bench pressing and go, yes, let's do this, you know, type thing. So it was just like trying to like work everything else around it, try and get the muscles loose up to my neck and do things like that just to get it moving, if you know what I mean? Cause it was so mm-hmm. stiff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, how does something like that affect you mentally, Jacob? You know, when you have an injury, I know it's part of the game, but how does it affect you? You know, w- when you hurt yourself initially, and you know you've hurt yourself, and it's more than just a bruise or a scuff. How how does the brain react to that? What do you think? Do you do you just automatically think that's my season finished, or how, how did you how did you react? Well, as soon as I did it, I was like, oh no, like I think I broke my collarbone. And I guess it's like, this is not ideal for three rounds to go. And I think the weekend after uh, Val de Sol was Lenzerhide. So, like, I was going, I, I was away. So, when I went for Val de Sol World Cup, I was away until after Snowshoe. So, I got actually flew home because of it. Like, I was just like, oh, no, like, type thing. I said, that's my season done. So, I went and got an X-ray in Italy. They just said to me, like, they could hardly speak English. It was quite funny. <laughs> They're just like, uh, uh. Uh, you rip your AC joint and I just like oh great uh, how long and I was like I don't know so then I went home went to the hospital here they told me oh, it'd be three or four weeks roughly to get probably I would recommend three or four weeks before you ride a bike so then from there I'm just going trying to trying to stay positive like mm-hmm. I was saying that everyone's saying oh you're right you're right you're right and I'm just like oh my dad is really good with me that way he was just like just say 
just be committed to go to um, uh, Montanan, just be committed there and be all your focus to train to that. And like, that's the way I'm just being focused on Montanan. I haven't been really thinking about the injury. So I know I'm sore. Like, there's the odd time I move, I'm like, ah, but like, mm-hmm. I know I'm sore, but I'm just trying to keep focused on, like, I haven't been hurt if you get me. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. hurt. I'm just home to train, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. I'm just trying to be like that. Yeah, yeah. And how far away is Montanan now? It's so not this weekend coming, it's uh, it's next. So I go Monday and it's that race is that Saturday or Sunday. Right, okay, okay. So it's less than a week before yeah. I go. Yeah, all right, but all right. Now, how does your sponsors react to, to news like that? Uh, things happen, you know, it's like it's not everyone's human, you know, like mm-hmm. you can, you, anyone, like you could, I could fall going down the stairs and break my ankle, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, it's everything happens, like, like. They don't care. Like, they care, but they don't care. If you know what I mean, they're more concerned about your health mm-hmm. than, than riding down a hill with a broken arm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, necessarily. Well, they're look. They've got an investment, and they're probably looking at the long term as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Good stuff. And have they been helping you through the process? You know, they've been encouraging you and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we've got a guy on our team called Pavel Zimon. He's Polish. He's our physio for the team. I as soon as I joined the team three years ago, me and Pavel have got on like a house on fire, as we would say. Like, mm-hmm. like we, I've gone real well with Pavel. Pavel's worked with a lot of the top XC riders before he worked for Giant, like Ulanda Neff and all them ones. So like he he's Pavel's really good physio, and he's just been sending me stuff through and to do. So I've just been doing everything he's been telling me to do. You know, anyone mm-hmm. who knows anything about the injury, like. I've just been doing what they've told me to do, just to try it, you know, just to get it, to get it back to hundred percent. I like you guys are motivated. You don't let it get you down too long, you know. You maybe punch and break things for a few minutes, but then you get <laughs> <laughs> you get on the you get on the road to recovery very quickly. So having somebody like that in the camp, I suppose, is very very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's good. My my dad helps me a lot. My mum, my mum and dad are very. Like they're good with that sort of thing. Like if they know they know what I'm like, I would get annoyed very easily, like about anything, like frustrated, annoyed. And I'd be like, uh, Oh, I'm gonna like, I what <laughs> and then yeah, it's like yeah. just chill out, it's over, like it's happened, like that's it. Put the put that in the bed, that's happened. You can't go back in time. So just let it sit. You're still young type thing. Cool. You know, man, everyone's cool. being sent to me. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So what you're twenty one years old now, aren't you, Jacob? Yeah, yeah, twenty one. Ah, you'll you'll repair no baller, no baller. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, now you've been crowned 2019 Irish Downhill Champion for this is your third time in a row. Yeah, third time in a late. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. Wow, wow. Now I want to get into that a wee bit later, but um, and I want to chat to you about your UCI results and things like that if you don't mind a wee bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah no um, worries. But I want a quick chat with you about the race you done. In China at the end of 2018. Yeah. Um, That looked insane. I watched the video about it and stuff like that. Um, And it was called the Greenland Downhill Series, uh, which you won, which you won. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us a wee bit about that. What's the scene and stuff like that there? It was like it was an experience. Like I was talking to everyone and like my team after it was nothing like what we're used to, if you know what I mean. Like the World Cups don't go there. That was my first ever time going to China. And Jan asked me, would you do the event? And I was sort of like, 
uh, I don't know if I want to go to China, like type thing. Because <laughs> like, like it's just a bit, you know, it's just like out there. It's 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 a weird thing to say about a place, but like I just feel like like you're it's different. Like it's a different culture. Everything's different. Like food, everything. Like, but me and my mechanic at the time, Drew, went out and uh, yeah, it was it was a class experience. Like I I would go back, but like it's. I wouldn't go back if you know what I mean, because I didn't mm-hmm. like any of the food. Like I didn't eat anything. Like, like I was like, "Where's McDonald's?" type of thing. Because like, <laughs> that's the only thing like which was normal. But like, like I remember they brought out food one day, and it was a duck, and it was actually a duck with no feathers, and oh, its dude. head was still on the table, and I was just like, <clears throat> type thing, and I was just like, "This is crazy." I no, that's and that would that would play a lot into obviously how you feel obviously when yeah. you're racing with your energy levels and everything else um so that's pretty crazy man what about the competitors there how how i know there was an australian fella came second and stuff but how was the competitors was there a good turnout yeah there was actually like a load of people like it was like the, i think china's one of china's biggest races of the year like it was like their national champs you know type thing like and and they asked me and mick Hanna, that's the australian guy mick Mick's mm-hmm. been racing World Cups for years. Like Mick's, Mick, if you know Mick Anna, you know mountain biking type thing. Like Mick's would be nearly as big as name Steve Peak. Like, like right, Mick wow. a, Mick's a big, big name. In like, Australia? Could, yeah, no, in the world. Like he's big hmm. name. Like he's, I'm surprised you haven't even heard of him. Type right, thing. wow. Like, Mick was, Mick's a really good rider and it was good to have him there because it was sort of between me and him. Like the China guys are good. There's guys from Taiwan, Japan, they're all there. Like I couldn't even pronounce their names, but I know them if you know what I mean, because I race World Cups. Yeah. Like, but I can't, I can't pronounce their name. But yeah, there. It was a good. It was tight race. Like it was. I think. I think it was like a two minute old track or a three minute track. I'm not too sure. But uh, like we Mick were sitting at the top before our race runs, and we rode a dry track all week. And then all you see is this thunderstorm rolling in, and we're just like, <laughs> oh no. And since and since it was on live TV, so there's like four minute gaps between everyone. And then, like, before, like, four hours ago, so Mick qualified first, would you believe, and I qualified second. So four hours ago, it just started emptying it out of the heavens. And then we are just like, oh, no. And we had no tar-offs or nothing, like. like right, we right. just Because, like, we just rode in the dry all week, and then it was the most challenging race ever because it was so, like, clay. The track was clay. So it was just any polished bit, and it was damp. It was just, like, riding ice rink. It was mm-hmm. sketchy, but it was a it was real good. The track was amazing. I was so surprised how good the track was. Like the track was amazing. Yeah, how does it differ from stuff you would ride in Europe and, and things like that? Yeah, it was like it was very flowy. Like it wasn't much different to like riding the track in France, you know, type thing. It was like it was just the terrains a bit different, but like it was grippy, if you know what I mean. But when it, when it rained, it wasn't grippy. But. Mm-hmm. But when it was dry, it was just like sandy, grippy sort of like dirt. It was good, like I really liked it. Yeah, it looks um, it looked pretty fun, you know, from mm-hmm. what I see not on the uh, on YouTube. Um, yeah, there were some real steep looking bits and stuff on it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, the top section was pretty pretty gnarly. It was quite flat out steep, like it was cool. Yeah, cool man. And what was the spectators like there? Yeah, race day was. I think it was about let's say. 10,000 people, maybe 5,000 wow. people there. Yeah. Wow. They, they, they were into it, like, they were really into it. I, it's weird that, and, you know, that's what I expect that your answer to be. Um, 
because they seem to get behind stuff like that quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, I've watched um, I've watched like big air shows, uh, like snowboarding big air shows and stuff in China, and the crowd are just going mental. Uh, even though they probably don't even do it. You exactly. Know, like, they, like they're just there for the love of it because it's in their time type thing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So how did Giant uh, help you with that? Uh, who went with you from the team just, and stuff? Just me and my mechanic, Drew. We just went. So we did. Just me and Drew. Really? And how did you yeah. navigate through China? Was it all kind of when well, you left at the airport or was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So there was a guy, I think, one of the guys from who ride for Giant from Taiwan was going like his name's Dan, right? This is because they had different names in like English and they're doing Taiwanese, if you know what I mean. Right. So, so this is this is what I didn't know until I went to China. I thought he was actually called Dan, but he's not. Like that's his English name. It's crazy. <laughs> so Dan and Aaron, his, his other his, his mechanic, organizing sort of help us like organize to get from the airport to our accommodation and then like all that. Like it was it was crazy. Like it was so hard to explain. But it was just crazy how everything like worked, if you know what I mean. Like our accommodation was in the middle. Like the race was in the middle of a, like a what do you call that? Like a amusement park. Like that's no. no. Finished. Yeah, it finished in the middle of an amusement park, and our accommodation was in the amusement park, and it was just creepy as heck. Like type <laughs> of thing. Like it was just, it was just so creepy. But it, it was like I said, it was a, it was an experience, if you know what I mean. Like uh-huh. we're, our accommodation all was lovely. It was so like clean and tidy and things. But like you, they couldn't wake up in the morning and have like your porridge. You, like I had chicken chow mein for breakfast, like because that's the only thing which you could eat. Oh my word! Like and it, like and it's noodles and chicken for breakfast isn't really the ideal thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that is well here. What an experience to have, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's true. It is a very a very lucky to have it too. Like you know, people never be there, so. Yeah, yeah, cool, man, cool. All right, well, let's jump into, uh, let's chat a wee bit about your early days, if you don't mind, Jacob. Um, I'm always interested in how people get into mountain biking. I know you're only 21, but can you remember when you first got interested? Yeah, well, I raced motocross for years before, so I raced motocross since, I think I was seven, until Mm -hmm. I was 12, I think. But then Mm -hmm. it just got so expensive, and, like, it was just, it was crazy. Like, if you didn't have a tuned bike, you're... There's no point racing type thing. Yeah. And then my dad always raced mountain bikes before me. So he raced like downhill, obviously. So he raced downhill for, he actually, I think he rode for Giant UK and all. So really, yeah, it's pretty mad the way, like, like how it all worked out type thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, and then, yeah, I remember going with dad and the mountain bikes when, like, I was starting to, I sort of got the feeling, like, when I was racing motocross, it, I still liked it, but I knew it was putting so much stress on, like, mum and dad type thing to get me to races. And for not to, like, be... Well, I was good at it. Like, I think I was, like, third in the championship and all in Ireland. And, like, I was good. And then it just... The money side of it just took over. And I could see the stress in mum and dad. And then I was just like, this isn't what I'd want to do anymore because I can't enjoy it because I can see the, the stress it's putting on the family type thing. And then... Mm-hmm. When I was, I was riding mountain bikes with dad through the week for like training for motocross and I was just liking it, riding a hardtail and just went from there. Like Ben Reid, sorry about with my first downhill bike. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it all started from there. Ben's some lad. He's got a lot of guys mountain bikes and, and got them into the race scene, eh? Yeah, yeah, Ben's good. I'm good mates with Ben. I rode for Ben for two years. 
uh-huh. the dirt time before I rode for Giants. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting you come from a motocross background. Um, I had Rowan Dunn on the show there not so long ago. He comes from like a, a motocross trail background and mm-hmm. Nathan McComb and Jay Mike and all the guys, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, everyone rides a motorbike. Hi. <laughs> everyone starts on motorbikes then realises every time you go out you break something which <laughs> needs to be replaced and this, it's not cheap. This is the thing, like, like, the bike's expensive, but like I never broke a bone racing motorbikes once. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started riding mountain bikes, I was breaking everything. Like, it's, like it was, it's crazy. People are like, oh, motor, motocross is so dangerous. It's it's just as dangerous as downhill. Like, like yeah. if not more, like downhill's more dangerous. I think. Like, yeah, yeah. And do you think that background and the motocross helped you transfer certain skills onto the mountain bike? Yeah, it probably did. It didn't, it didn't. I'd say just like watching, like, like I was obsessed with watching videos when I was younger. Like, when I, I'd just be obsessed and watching, like, like the tipping point with Clay Porter and all make and, like, all, like, the mountain bike DVDs. Like, I was just, like, like my dad says to me, like, I was brainwashed mountain bikes. Like, he thinks <laughs> to this day I've been brainwashed to be a mountain biker. But, like, yeah, it was just, I was obsessed with him. And then I think I just learned from watching, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I always remember watching the Freecaster DVD with my dad when it was like the world champs. And when it was Troy Brosnan was a junior, and you seen Troy hit the section, and like he came out of it like sprinting his nuts off, like, and he was giving it everything he had. And then my dad just turned around and said to me, That is what it takes to win a World Cup. And I was just like, Right. And I think that's just stuck in my head from then, you know, and then that's why I'd always try as hard as I can. I'd never give up, even in a crash. I'd, I wouldn't just go, oh, that's it over. I'd get up and race again, like straight away. I'm a race run. I wouldn't just go up, throw the hands up type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, your your sponsors don't like like to see you cruising down the, the hill anyway. No, so you no. got, you know. Um, but what made what made mountain bikes stand out to you, Jacob? You know, from yeah. what normal guys do, like soccer and everything else. Like, what was so different about that? Do you know? Actually, I've never been asked that question. Um, I don't know really. I think it just, I think it's something different too. You know, like like I like I played rugby as well in school, but it's just I just didn't like like it. If you know, what I mean? it was weird. Like I just hooked that thing. I was just like. Nothing would give me the satisfaction of riding on a track and going, that was a class run. Like, that was just so much fun. You know, and then, like, throwing a rugby ball is not going to get you that same adrenaline, is that what you call it? Like, adrenaline from mm-hmm. it. So, I don't think that's maybe it. Like, I haven't really thought about that one. Aye, aye. It's interesting just to, to know why, because, you know, it's not something that's pushed through schools or anything like that. Whereas you're bombarded with rugby and football. Yeah. Um, I just realised I called it soccer earlier, but, you know, American uh, football <laughs> and, and everything else. Uh, you know, so it's interesting to me how young guys get interested in mountain biking. Um, but obviously your father had a big influence on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a big influence, I think. So you have your father to blame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, could, thing, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Is, my mum taught me to ride a bicycle, not my dad. <laughs> Right, there you like, are. When I, when, I, when I was in stabilizers, my mum was the one who taught me to drive out stabilizers. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's a team effort there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them. Classic, classic. Uh, can you remember your first downhill bike? Yeah, it was, well, I had a hardtail. I had a giant STP hardtail. And then my first proper downhill bike was an Arn, 
was it Iron Horse? Yeah, Iron Horse Six Point. Mm-hmm. What Ben Reed got me. That was my first. I remember getting it for a land of to try it for a race <laughs> in Australia. Like my first ever downhill race, and then I and then I think I got it for a Christmas present. So mm-hmm. very cool. That was it was cool. Very cool indeed. Can you remember that first race? Yeah, it was on the NPN. Was it? It's a Rudy track and it was Trevor NPS track. I'd know it as people call it the shoot or something. I don't know. It's got mm-hmm. so many different names. So it was 2000 and I don't know. Look behind me, my trophies are up here. Uh, <laughs> I, think th- I think it was 2011, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I think 2000, no, I don't know, 2010-ish, like around there. Okay. I, think I, I think I was 11 and you can't race until you're 12, but Michael Cowan and Tina ran the race. And they let me race because of they know my dad. And like I raced when I was eleven and I think I got third. So I was like my first ever race. So it was pretty cool to get third. And I think I, I might have won it if I didn't crash in my second race run. That was the time you had two two race runs. And I think okay. I crashed and I was like quicker than my first race run time with a crash and I got third. It was raging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh classic, that's brilliant. Um well listen, why why downhill and not enduro? What what's drawn you towards that uh well i never did enduro really and like mm-hmm. dad raced downhill and then i always say i'm not homo enough to race enduro but i i would do it like if i had to but i just don't really i like i like the enjoyment of it like when i go ride with keelan grant and greg callahan and killian callahan all like i enjoy riding with them guys like it's good but like i just don't like that like pedaling about i'm thinking too lazy like <laughs> to, to, to be perfectly honest I just don't enjoy pedaling up a steep hill for two hours like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I can understand that I don't think anybody really does to be honest if they're truthful <laughs> yeah I know like that's what I mean like, they all say I love enduro but I'm sure I don't like the pedaling up part yeah yeah I think enduro's good because you can hang out you can be quite social um, yeah yeah and you know, not everybody's pushing for podiums and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, downhill, I can see how it appeals definitely. You know, and I think again, everybody can for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if we all had your talent, we probably all would race downhill. You know what I'm saying? No, you chatted quite a bit there about your your father and stuff, uh, and how he's helped you. You know, get into the mountain bike scene and things. But how important is is your family to you and where you've got to to this stage well it's really like if, if it wasn't for my mum and dad I wouldn't be here it's, it's like I wouldn't be in the position that I am I think riding for a giant like like they're the ones who who pushed me to go and do what I want to do like they they were backing me 110% like all the way like they would never say no you're not going in your bike you know mm-hmm. like they like people would they maybe threaten me, oh, you're not going to your race if you don't be good type thing when I was younger. But like, <laughs> they, like, but then like that would probably motivate me to be good to go and do the race, you know, like when I was younger. But yeah, it was they have big, big help. Like I do, I do believe it. If it wasn't for my mum and dad, I wouldn't be sitting talking to you right now, like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I tend to ask that question from most of the younger riders because it does play such a big part with being. Mm-hmm quite expensive because there's quite a lot of events you got to go to and equipment and everything else and and yeah. time time is the big thing like so do they do they go to you with races and su- support you uh, at the events yeah so when i was younger when i was racing like i did a, a year of irish races so my dad brought me to them 
and like he brought me to all the Irish rounds I think that year and then like then I did British races because I got the ride for MBW Bike Shop in Galway mm-hmm. like riding transition so with Gary Dovern and Derek Dovern which a massive thanks to them for helping me out like they're my first proper sponsors so they were so a big shout out to them and uh, yeah so I raced with dad and Dad brought me everywhere. My mum has never been to a World Cup or anything yet, but I want her to. She wants to go, but just just can't get the time off work. So it's like hopefully she'll go to one eventually. And then yeah, the money side of it, it's a crazy thing. I think like I remember sitting when I was about fifteen, and it was the year I was racing like last year youth. So it was the year before your step in the World Cups for uh, for that racing the BDSs. And I remember like we're. We were getting a tight the time because dad, like, in his job, like, he was in the building trade and it was sort of, like, in the, the credit crunch time of it. And we mm. were getting it pretty hard. And then I remember, like, we weren't nearly going to go to races and stuff. And I think that was just, it was upsetting, but it, I think it was motivating in the same way, if you know what I mean. Like, it was just mm. like, well, I'm going to go to this one race and make it count because I mightn't be able to go to the next one type thing. Like, money was money was a big thing. Like, and to be, be able to, like, call up my job and be paid to ride a bike now is incredible type thing like it's very emotional like the sport's very emotional like especially for me mum and dad like it's been very as it's been an emotional roller coaster to get to where we are like. mm-hmm. yeah and and that's very cool of you to say because um you know it's it's not easy and you got to you got to justify what you're doing i suppose and with you getting good results and and making it count i suppose it justified maybe spending that money that you didn't have at that time to get you to these events yeah 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 it did definitely definitely did wow very cool um so you're you're a pro mountain biker it's your full-time job mm-hmm. how cool is that man yes I, I always say like i don't like i don't like saying it because once you start thinking about money side of it i always say you don't ride good you know it's it's all about you got here having fun and doing it because you love it you didn't do it because you were getting paid to do it so you have to keep that side of it i think like mm-hmm. i don't think about the money side of it at all so like i just like focus on the bike side of it like and have fun like the main goal to me is to come down that hill and be like that was that was class i love that like that was so fun like mm-hmm. that was so fun and that's what that's the the, the fire you get to me to do it like you do, there's people who say oh i wouldn't I only do it for money like in like the world cup scene I was just like, well, then why are you here? You know, like I'm, I... I'm very related to having fun. Like having fun is the the key to happiness to me. Like, yeah, and wow, it'd be so stressful if you were only doing it for uh, the money side of things. Because yeah. let's face it, it's not. You know, you're never going to be driving a Ferrari out of the back of it. So, you know, there's easier ways to make money. Well, Aaron Gwynn drives a McLaren, so it's possible. <laughs> Aye, but that, you know, that's that's top. He's got three or four, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's got some cars about him, like. He has, man, he has. It's a crazy, crazy sport when you look at it like that. You look at them top-tier guys yeah. that are making, that are, you know, making a beautiful, beautiful lifestyle out of it. And then yeah. you look at all the privateers coming through and everything, and these it's costing these guys a lot of money. Yeah. A year just yeah, just to race, you know. It's it's just one of those sports, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I think well, when you're like a top twenty and people know you're a top twenty rider, like the top thirty I'd say get paid, but not like 
it goes like it's mad. Like top ten, you're probably on a good amount of money. Like you're on a good, you're on a good salary, and then mm-hmm. it goes like top twenty, and you're on a decent salary. Like you're, you don't have, like you don't have to work. You're, you're doing good for yourself, and then top thirty is decent, and then top forty is like might even be paid. Like it's crazy. It's, Aye. it's mad how the sport works. It's just like, it's like every sport. You know, if you're good at it, you're going to be paid for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it certainly is. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one to uh, to make a really really good living from. You have to be you have to be top of the top of the notch there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's get into uh, some results, will we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chat some racing. Um, so you've been doing really well. Tell me a wee bit about your juniors just before you turn elite. How did that go for you? Yeah, my junior season was good. So my first ever year racing. Elite or junior, sorry, World Cups. I only did I think two or three events because like that was my deal with Ben. So uh-huh. like I didn't do like the ones in America or anything like that. And I think my first ever World Cup as a junior, I qualified tenth, and I think I got maybe eleventh or something, but I crashed, so I was pretty bummed about that. And then yeah, my my very last first year junior race was world champs in Hafiel in Norway and me and Ben Reid and Christopher McGlinchey who's now a, a roadie <laughs> would you believe oh dear. Uh, we, we, yeah he's a very good roadie at that too and uh, we went to Hafiel and I got third in the world champs so I got the, the only ever Irish bronze medal in downhill so as my first year racing so amazing it was, it was pretty it was I remember coming down and I was like, Flip, that was a good run. And then Laurie Greenland was second and Roche Ferge was first. So it's pretty, I think that's what I look at now. Like when I see them guys doing well, like Laurie winning that World Cup, like it just, I, I know that I can do that too type thing because I, me and Laurie grew up racing together and the British race was between me and Laurie all the time. Mm-hmm. So like it was, it's cool. That, that That's motivating for me to do better too. Like it's, and I think it's very mental game big time so it was it was good to get that result as a junior and then my second year as a junior I got third overall in the, the World Cup Championship so that was another good season so my two junior years were amazing like to be honest with you it was it was cool like I was on the podium nearly every race and mm-hmm. like it was it was cool it was really good and Ben I was riding for Ben it was the dirt orange world team at the time so it was it was really good I happy day sounds sounds amazing and certainly inspired you to go on to elite and compete in that yeah. um now i've seen footage of you doing the fox hunt um <laughs> that <laughs> uh that was back in 2016 was it yes it was the first i think i've did it in 2016 and i did it in 2017 my first year on jam okay all right and what encouraged you to do that i just wanted to do it for the fun Mm-hmm. And then I ended up racking myself both times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the footage I seen of you, you seem to be at the front quite a lot. Yeah, well, I got a good start. I was like, this could be the year <laughs> I could actually win it. And then I got a good start. And then the bridge at the top, <laughs> there's no chicken wire on it for health and safety reasons. Because like, I was asking Stevie D about it, who's the track builder. Like, why is there no chicken wire in that bridge? Because I, like, hopped onto it, and it was wet. It was raining, like. Oh, I dude. hopped onto it and just went whack and washed out. So, Glen O'Brien, I took Glen O'Brien out 
<laughs> so I was sitting like second or third, second I think, and then Glenn rode into the back of me, crashed, and then I went to stand back up, and John Lawler came flying down the inside, and I was on my hands and knees and just ploughed my head like, and like I remember just seeing black for like two seconds. I was like, whoa, where am I? And I guess this is crazy. And then I got up, and I think I finished fourth. Like or fifth or what? something like that. Yeah, I got up and passed everyone. Like I was saying to my dad at the, at the top, I was pedaling around the outside of people, going, "Where am I getting this fitness from? I don't have a clue. This is crazy." Like I was just pedaling past people like an XC rider. <laughs> what's happening? But yeah, even to this day, I don't know what. Like I can't really remember because I hit my head so hard. By well, I didn't hit my head. John Lawler hit my head so hard, so I can't mm. really remember much of it. Yeah, that mass start is nuts, man. Yeah, it's all about the start, I think, in that Red Bull Fox hunt. Like, mm-hmm. It certainly is. Yeah, how did Glenn take about you putting him over the bars? <laughs> oh, I remember I went down to apologise <laughs> to him. Like, I got home real well with Glenn. So, yeah. like, like, I, uh, yeah, I went and said sorry to him, but he's just like, is that you? And I was like, yeah. And I, think he, <laughs> I, think he, I think he was more annoyed. He wasn't as annoyed because it was me type thing. Like uh-huh. he was, I think, and then he put a GoPro up, and I remember there was that much swear words in it. He, he had to delete it because <laughs> it was so bad. Like he just like rah, 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 going off on one. It was so funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> amazing, cool. amazing man. I that's what it's all about. I as situations and experiences like that. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah it is. Like it's all about the fun. Aye, totally. Uh, now let's chat a wee bit about this year. Let's go back to the 10th of March of this year. There's that race, the Pro GRT, which you done in Tennessee. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. What's that race? So that was like the American national race. So like a load of guys did it because it was a, there was a SRAM test camp there. So that was the week of the SRAM test camp. So a lot of SRAM athletes were there. So mm-hmm. we all, me and Marcelo, my teammate, flew out to it before mechanics and did, did that race. And I got third, which was extremely yeah. happy with. It was... It was good. That was my first week or first ever. Like, I rode one day on Fox suspension, and then I did that race and got third. So that was a good conference booster, you know, for for the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And was that funded via Giant and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a Giant, a Giant pay for all my races. Uh, yeah. So, do they, as far as photography and stuff go, do they ever send photographers or videographers out and stuff like that? Yes. Just to so, catch all the info. So in our uh, World Cup circuit, it's Fen Martin does all of our photos. So he is a giant, would obviously pay Sven to take photos for us, you know, and like he would have like maybe 10 teams, you know, he's take photos for. So right. that's the way it works for World Cups. But like the likes of Irish races, no, and British races, no, I'd have to, the giant would have to buy the image off a photographer if they like it type thing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So that race is good. You enjoyed that. Um, yeah. It was well, good. It was it was bloody Baltic, though. It was freezing. It was like uh-huh. two degrees the whole weekend. I definitely, definitely. And what was the what was the course like? How did you get on with it? Yeah, the track was, well, actually, Nico Mullally built it. And it was the first run I did. I came down and said to Nico, that, that track's amazing. Like for It was like the sort of size of hills we would have at home. Like, mm-hmm. Ms. Trevor has so much potential. Like, it, uh, like I have said this for years, Ms. Trevor has so much potential. And, like, that's the sort of place, like, it was like Ms. Trevor, you know, it was like that sort of, like, gradient and stuff. So Nico and his brother did an amazing job building that track, and that track was class. Like, it was so technical, 
you had to be thinking all the time, like, and you had to be right on your marks every run because it was wet as well. So like the race was soaking, like it was like clay as well, so it was so sticky. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was one of the toughest race runs I remember doing. Like it was, it was, it was pretty physical when you got to the bottom when your bike weighed about ten kg heavier than what it usually should. Wow. Wow, yeah. And what was the crowd like there? How does it differ from stuff we would see back home here? Well, the crowd there was good as well. I think it was maybe about two or three thousand people at it. Like it was for a national race, that's pretty impressive. Like I've never seen that in an Irish race, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty it was good that way. I think everyone most some people came to watch it because there were so many pros there, you know, there was quite a lot of big names there. So yeah. Mm. Excellent, excellent. And I'm sure that was a, another good experience for you, seeing it stateside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been to America quite a lot through Giants. So, mm-hmm. like, I've been to LA quite a lot because that's where Giants' office is. So, we would go to LA every year for a team camp. So, it's pretty cool to be to be able to travel around there and stuff. It's like I always say to my girlfriend, like she loves like the Kardashians and like we would drive through <laughs> Calabasas with the Kardashians like houses and like she'd like freak out. <laughs> It'd be funny. Like. <laughs> it's kind of... uh, nuts, man, nuts. All right, well, let's chat about the your Irish championship win then. Three years in a row, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, were you going into that race thinking that? Well, I was sort of like, it'll be cool to have a three, like a like a three-peat as such, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I went into the race thinking, like, I'll not overdo it type thing, and I didn't want to get hurt or anything. So I, I sort of rode pretty cautiously. I didn't race at, like, 110% the way I would have said. I was saying to myself, right, there's, if I win this, it's good, so I need to, I just need to win it. Because Jan really wanted me to win it, you know, type thing, because it's good for for the team and mm-hmm. we I remember sitting at the top of the hill going right be smart I know this track like like I ride with Strava quite a lot and like I know Pulse because of fox hunting stuff so like I've I've rode it so much and I just said right there's only a certain pace you can sort of ride this stuff because it's so slippy so just be calm and let it come to you so I just said to myself do that and yeah it worked out pretty well so mm-hmm. I just had a had a, a fun flowy run like I didn't risk anything and yeah, it was it was pretty good. I was happy to get the win, like real happy. Yeah, and when you're at the top there, and you know, because you said earlier you do it for fun and you try not to put too much pressure on yourself and things like that. But, you know, are you nervous when you're up at the top? Yeah, I think I, well, if I didn't get nervous, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy doing it. I think nerves is a part of it, you know, and like I definitely think it, I do get nervous. There's times I'm probably more nervous than others, but yeah, I definitely do get nervous, like. Mm-hmm. Do you think that helps? Yeah, I think. Well, if you didn't get nervous, you wouldn't care, type thing, you know. Like if you, like, that's that's the side I look at. It, like, like, and that's mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it if I didn't get nervous, because then I don't enjoy it. You know, it's it's the expectation too. You know, like you wanting to do well. Like, what's waiting for me at the bottom? Am I going to win? Or, <laughs> it's it's all it's all it's all that you know. Like, yeah, it's, it's all cool. Aye, good stuff, man. Good. And who was your biggest competition in that race? Who were you kind of looking at, thinking, "I need to keep an eye on these guys"? Uh, well, I that sounds so bad, but I always say to myself, "I focus on myself. I don't focus on anyone around me." Mm-hmm. You know, so like I would always like even at World Cups, I'd never look at anyone else. I'd always like I'm there for me. I'm not there to watch someone, you know, type thing. And I'm there to focus on what I have to do. Like uh-huh. and another thing my, my dad said to me, it's it's stuck in my head. Winners focus on winning and 
I was it losers focus on winners or something like that. <laughs> okay, like, yeah, yeah, cool. So like, like I would always like always try and focus on myself and do what I need to do, like and hit all my marks. So, aye, yeah, yeah. It's funny because something like that, and I think it's always you know you against the trail as such. Yeah, you know because it's not like you're competing against somebody directly it's you against mm-hmm. the trail so you have to beat the trail in a way and do the best you can on the trail yeah yeah but i think if, if the way i look at it because like i always say like i focus like you say focus on the trail like that takes the, the the stress and the pressure off it because you're not thinking about anything else you're not thinking about the result the result mm-hmm. will be the result when you cross the finish line you can't do anything about that you know, like that's the thing. Like you have to, you have to go from point A to point B as fast as you can. That's your task. Your task isn't to ride these two corners quicker than my mate Cahill Fitzpatrick who got third. You know, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's yeah. if you're focused on the track, it'll it'll link together and you do the best you can. The result will be what it will be. You know, that's what I look at. Yeah, yeah. You don't look at it saying Cahill's doing that corner in split. What of a second? Yeah, I have yeah, to do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your morning routine before a race like that. Uh, well, that race, so it was it was close to home, so I stay in my own bed, which is nice, <laughs> which uh-huh. is really race to get to stay in my own bed. And uh, yeah, so I would wake up, get my breakfast, go to the race, and then just try and I'd always do two practice runs before my race, and then. I would go up and do my qualifying and do my qualifying to like a hard but but smooth run, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be too too trying to kill myself and then like I would try and notch it up another couple of clicks for my race run. But I couldn't do that in Rush Trevor because it was started to absolutely piss it down for like the top ten I'd eat. Like it was hammered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was getting slippy. Yeah. And do you you don't change your routines or anything in the mornings, you no. know when you're when you're away um, racing in the UCI and things like that. You don't change your routines. You try and keep that as similar as possible. Yeah, we're trying. Well, there's being superstitious, and I think there's being having a routine. You know, I can. I would always try, and I used to be just so superstitious. Like I would wear the same gloves and goggles and all this carry on, and then now I'm just sort of like I'm sort of chilled out a bit more about that and what it's meant to be will be and just try and like do what I know which works for me type of thing mm-hmm. yeah so when you go up do you always have the same breakfast do you always have to have porridge or whatever or not always no it depends what country you're in too like some <laughs> don't, don't do a nice porridge like so like I do, yeah. I'd usually try and make like scrambled eggs or something like something something not heavy you know and filling and what will which will be good so like uh-huh. and then our lunch is made by and at a World Cup our lunch is made by our physio. Like Pavel makes our food too, so he would make our lunch. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, all right, so let's chat a wee bit more about the you the Irish scene this year and and your results. How have you been getting on? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been getting on good, and I think I did Bree Bree race this year. Uh-huh. I did Bray and it, it was cool. Like I, I remember doing Bray two years ago, and like that, that place is for the size of that hill is incredible. And like big ups to them Bray guys for building them tracks. Like they're amazing. Like they're, they're, it's such a short track. I think it was like a minute twenty or something. But like it's, it's 
class. Like it was just so good. It was so well put together, and there was always quite a few people go to it because it was good, and the weather was good, and a lot of enduro heads went to it, and it was mm-hmm. it was a good race. Like I think I won it, so I was happy to win it because it was really favouring a trail bike that track, and I'm so like determined not to race a trail bike at a downhill race since what's called the downhill race, you know, and yeah. like I would, and then Killian Callahan was behind me and like I knew Killian was going to be quick cause it's like a trail bike track, you know, and yeah, it was good. It was a good race. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the one, so, so your sponsors, are they pushing you to do the Irish scene? Is that something you want to do or? No, that's, that's my own choice. I don't have to do that if I don't want to. So, Right. Like I always would say, like to try and support where I came from, you know, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you weren't at the, I think you weren't at the first meeting, if I'm right, in April. That was the Gravity no. BC. Um, right. Okay. Was that just through sponsorship commitments, all the race so, commitments? Yeah. So I was in, uh, I was at Seattle Classic in Laguna Seca in San Francisco. So I had to go and do that race event for Giants because that's a big like show for Giant to be there but I was raging I wasn't there like because Carrick is such a good track and I remember dad my dad was down watching it and he rode on the Saturday and he says like it was so good like I, I'm actually so annoyed I couldn't do it like I, I'd love to do it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I'm sure you enjoy the Irish scene you're you're racing with friends you have that whole community and yeah yeah no, I love riding like my best mate well one of my best mates Cal Fitzpatrick like he's He's me and him are just like people probably look at us and go, "Them two aren't right in the head." Like, like this crap we talk about, it's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like from Fortnite, like type crap. Like we just talk some amount of crap, and yeah, it's just good fun to have and to have Cal at the races is good. Like he was at the first World Cup and stuff, and I just I think it settles you more when you have someone close to you there, you know, type thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's just nice to do an Irish race and not have that uh, intenseness of a World Cup too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and have you done anything else in the Irish scene? Just the champs and Bray this year, but I remember I didn't do I don't think any really last year because of the way the calendar fell, which was pretty annoying too. You know? So I, I always try and do the Irish races as much as I want or as much as I can. So. So, mm-hmm. so, like I, I say, like I always will support them. Like I'll never not support them ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Well, that's good. That's that's an awesome way to look at it for sure. That's what's brought you to where you are, I suppose. And yeah, exactly. It's where it all cool. started. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so let's chat about the UCI um, and how that's been going for you this year. Uh, you've had two top thirty rides, so uh, you've been yeah. doing good, huh? Yeah, I got a in Andorra. Well. The start of the season worked out okay. I qualified twelfth in Maribor and then sort of like I say, fell apart <laughs> fell apart in my race run. Didn't really go to plan. And then yeah, in Fort William I had a mechanical. I was sixteenth at the split. My chain guide broke and could my suspension was like jamming because it was like flipped upside down so it wasn't working right. And I was pretty annoyed about that. And then Leo Ganger everything sounds so bad but like Leo Gang crashed <laughs> it crashed before my uh, race run the run before my race run and like I think I'm pretty sure I knocked myself out like and I shouldn't have raced and I raced and I remember my race run I just like rode off the track and I was like said to myself like why did I just ride off the track you know yeah. it was probably a bit, yeah, probably yeah. a bit dangerous to race you know and then I went to Andorra from there and it just yeah I got a 13th that's I knew I was going to I could be strong there because that's my favourite track. I love Andorra. Like, so 
That's my yeah. favourite track. So I got a 13th there. And then the week after, I got a 12th. Or not 12th, sorry. I wish I got 12th. I got 20th in Leger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were good results. I was happy with them. It was solid. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you talk about Andorra, but it's one of the championship's kind of toughest, uh, yeah. steepest kind of tracks. So yeah. you, you really enjoy that one. Yeah, I love, like, see... Andorra, like it's just it gets steeper, like it starts off flat and then just gets steeper and steeper and steeper and steeper, and it just gets like I love steep tracks, and I think since I'm so light too, like I'm not like a big person, like muscly and like all that Carol, so like it sort of helps me to slow down. I can slow down quickly because I'm light, so it mm-hmm. helps that sort of way. Like and I think I like one of the sections at the bottom. I think I was second fastest like out of everyone through the section at the bottom. Like I think Loic just beat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you qualified quite higher as well, is that right? And saying I think I qualified twenty sixth. So all right, okay. It was it was all right. It wasn't great. Yeah, but you were really fast in some of the sections through your qualification or yeah, lab yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like the same at the bottom, and that's when, like Elliot Jackson. You know, have you heard of him? Right. Yeah. So Elliot has this website. Like he's my teammate as well, but he doesn't race World Cups. But he has this website which has analyzes all of like the splits uh-huh. it gives you a positioning for all the splits and like a and a graph and all and i looked at his website and i was like right so my split one is terrible like my split one was like five seconds off the pace and i was just like right if i just hammer the split one and ride the way i rode the bottom section this will be a top 15 because mm-hmm. i was like comparing myself to like Aaron Gwynn and like I was like half a second off Gwynn in one section and then I was faster on him in another and then you know like I was like flip away just nail this top section that'll be that'll be a good result so that's what I just did I just committed to the top and just let her go <laughs> such yeah so do you look at that and say right well how am I doing that wrong or what am I doing that's not as fast as it could be there do you analyze the course or do you just say I'm just not going yeah, to pull the brakes yeah, uh, yeah, well, I said, well, I think there's overthinking and there's thinking. Like, it's it's a lot of a head game. Like, I know, like, all them guys would come out of that start gate, like, max effort. Yeah, I would come out max effort, but, like, for some reason, I've always found it hard to, like, hit the first few corners at 100 mile an hour. You know what I mean? Like, the way mm-hmm. like, you, you would. Like, I've always struggled, and then now I'm sort of getting used to doing it. You know, like, a race run in a World Cup now is completely different than it was two, three years ago. It's crazy. Like, the level has just went up so much. It's incredible. And, like, it makes for amazing racing. But, like, when you're coming into the start, you have to be firing all cylinders out of, like, the start gate. You need to just be, like, bang, reel that, bang, off mm-hmm. the brakes, bang. You know, you have to be, like, hitting things, like, off the brakes, off, 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 like, just saying to myself, like, do not break, do not break, do not break, do not break, break off, like, you have to, like, you just have to be so committed, it's unbelievable, like, like, I, like, I was saying to that at the end of that race run, like, I felt like it wasn't great, but it was, I braked in the correct spots, like, I didn't break in the middle of the corners and stuff like that, so it yeah. ended up good, you know, like, you have to carry your momentum a lot, in the World Cup, like it's if you make a mistake, you could be that could be ten positions. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so close. Like you know, a couple of seconds is just everything. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts, especially in the likes of Leger there. Like Leger was so tight, but Amory does amazing. Like he beat everyone by like, two seconds, but everyone from there was like 
point one, point two, like you know, it was all like so close. Yeah. And I made a, I made a mistake if you watch the live feed. I nearly rode off the track halfway down, and I was raging because it would have been like top fifteen again, and I got twentieth. I was happy to get twentieth, like, but I was sort of annoyed that it didn't get another top fifteen, which it could have happened, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's two good results in a row. Um, yeah. So you're obviously building up a wee bit of momentum there. Um, do you think your previous results, because you were in and around the 40s, I think, was it all down to technicals and mechanicals and some bits and pieces yeah. like that? Yeah, definitely. That's the thing, like you were saying about confidence. Like like that would sort of knock your confidence a bit because you think it's you, like, do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. then you look back at it and go, no, that wasn't me. You know, it was the bike or it was a crash before my race run. That's obviously not going to help and hit my head really hard, you know. Like it's or sort of like you sort of look at it that way. I always, I would be very, like my dad always says to me, like I always try and blame myself when it's not me. And then he would turn around and say to me, "Wind your neck and like it's look at this. This is the, this is the fact. This is the fact. You're just thinking mm-hmm. of something else. Like this is the fact. Your bike did this. So like and then and like for Valdesol came out in the second quarter and Matian snapped. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, sick. <laughs> Aye. And I think you can see that on the footage too. Yeah, it whipped me across the bum so hard. I actually gave me a marker <laughs> off across my ass. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. that's uh, It's one thing for it to snap. It's another thing to snap and then slap you. It was like it was like a whip. I remember, like I remember looking. I got Pavel, like Pavel, was there cutting my ass? Like and he's just looking. He's just like, oh, it's got a red mark. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was unfortunate as well. But you must be quite happy with your your two really good results and and yeah, carry that I'm momentum forward. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm thinking of them, and I'm just going to do the same as did them two races, the world champs here. So mm-hmm. I'm just doing my best. Perfect. Um, so, do you set any goals for the season? Is that the way well, you look at it, or? Well, my goals for the season was to hope, well, not hopefully, to to get a top ten. Like I want to get a top ten. So, and I, I got a top fifteen, which was a goal as well, and a big love, a long term goal, or I wouldn't call it, but a goal which can happen. I'd love a podium, you know. So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, I've only ever had one top ten in my life, but in a World Cup and elite, so. And that was at Montsanan, actually. That's where we're going. So it was, um, um, must be okay here. <laughs> cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, that that's awesome. And uh, I hope everything goes goes well for you and you don't have any mechanicals because that's frustrating, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating, but that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, let's chat a wee bit about your sponsors. Um, so you're yes. with Giant Factory Off-Road Team. Yep. How long have you been with them and how did that kind of happen? So this is my third season. So I've joined in 2017 and it sort of came about from I, my good junior years. Like I had two good junior years and team people and teams change all the time. So like they, I just approached them and was like, I'm sort of looking to, for a, a, a ride next year type thing. And we sort of worked out a sort of a deal and, yeah, it all started from there. Oh, very good. So you actually approached them um, after your juniors. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I had one year riding Nick Proof on elite first year elite as a privateer actually because I couldn't get a ride. Would you believe? Like I couldn't get a ride after getting the bronze medal and like getting third overall in the junior world cup. Like 
I couldn't even get a ride. That's how crazy this sport is. Like, and Aye, that's amazing. Like, it, like it's it's nuts to think that like it's so hard to get a ride when you get a result like that. And then yeah, I didn't couldn't get a ride. And then yeah, I approached Giant about August time that that year of my first year. I think twenty sixteen. And uh, yeah, just like yeah, I'm looking for a ride. I'll ride for nothing. Like I'll just ride for like. If you get me here, I'll I'll race, and then it just worked out from there, and then everything just happened, you know. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. now I'm riding for them and doing well. I think that's amazing. And did you go in when they organised that for you? Were you, you know, were you categorised as a professional racer yeah, straight away? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's cool. And were you speaking to the guys, the giant guys in Dublin, or was it where was no, it no, via? So it's just like the the World Cup team. So mm-hmm. the American uh, Joe Staub, his name is. He was he's the manager. So I just emailed Joe, and then we had a meeting in Andorra. Would you believe that year? I I messaged him and talked about it, and then yeah, just it's so weird how it happened, but it happened. And I think like I don't believe in luck at all, but it was a, like sort of like that year of me going privateer because no one would give me a ride. Probably helped it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it was good. Yeah, and it would be so easy to get disheartened because you had the really good result. Then you got to drop. Oh, I was going to say drop and a privateer, which is totally yeah, the wrong no, term. No, but no, you, no, I, I know what you mean. No, yeah, yeah, but still, you come out the other side. You approached. Was Giant the only person you approached, or did you try a few no, different I, ones? I tried a few teams, like so. I can't really remember which ones for certain, but I did try a few teams, and it's hard to get to get on a team. Like I'm. Like I'm in my contract year this year, and I'm I might move. I don't know yet. I'm talking to a team, but like, like I, I don't know what's happening yet. And Jan mm-hmm. haven't said anything to me yet, so I don't know what's happening. You know, I'll see. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's a, on a, like a how do you even say it? Like it's like you're you're thinking about it, but you don't want to think about it. But it can like you could like I've got the results to get on the team. I know that sounds so like up my bum, but like it's. Like, I've got the results to get on a team and it'll be stupid for them not to keep me type thing. And I know that they'll probably want to keep me because like, I'm young. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm one of the youngest, so it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it. I don't think you can get too caught up in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just go out and you do your best and, and that's what you do. And if you're a good representative for the brand, then uh, I'm sure yeah. they're happy with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Cool. So I'm sure you have other sponsors and gear sponsors and everything else like that. But um, I want to chat to you about your giant bike. Like, how do you find the bikes and things? Yeah, I love them. Like, I've always, I've, I rode for Giant UK, actually, which this is what I actually forgot to say. I rode for Giant UK when I was last year youth, the year I broke my neck. So, like, I was at, I rode for Giant UK. And then uh, I loved the bike. Like, I remember riding it first time, going from a Kona onto that. And I was just like, flipping hell I can see how Danny Hart won the worlds in this thing type like do you know it was just like this is incredible this thing works amazing and then that glory we have now is is good but we've got a prototype at the minute so I'll hopefully be riding the prototype at the world champs very cool man very cool and let's take a quick step back you broke your neck yeah yeah did you not know that (laughs) no No, Tell tell us about that when I was 15 I broke my neck racing an inner lathan a British round. So it was the year before I went junior. I broke my neck. 
I broke my C7. I, I did a compression break, so I broke it and the, the bone slid forward, if you know what I mean, into my throat. But if it slid backwards, oh. I would be in a wheelchair. It's crazy, like. Oh wow, man! Wow. And yeah. what age? What age were you then? I was fifteen. That was the the year, the, the key year to do to become a professional. And I went and broke my neck. <laughs> wow! And again, it just shows you kept racing, you kept competing. Mm-hmm. Wow! How long did it take you to rehabilitate from that? Well, I did it in the first. I think it was the second of June or something. I did it in 2014 and then or 2015 and then i was back for i think the start of october like it wasn't too long yeah like because i was young i think it helped too and like you know i I never really thought of it like i broke my neck you know like when i was that age i just didn't really i didn't really know what to think and then i did an access cup my first my first week i got the neck collar off and that the day after, I flew to Maribor Access Cup and raced it and got third. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, it was sort of, it was that sort of like, I just took the broken neck out of, my, out of my, 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 my memory, if you know what I mean. I went and did a race at the European Cup and got third. So I, I was pretty happy with that. That is crazy, dude. That's crazy. How are your parents about that? Yeah, well, my, it sounds terrible, but my mum, like, care so much about me but she doesn't care about that you know what i mean like it happens as part of the sport like yeah she looks at it like you're all right you're fine you've only did this like you're all right but i remember coming home and i remember <laughs> i flew into belfast george best airport and uh i remember walking out security <laughs> with my neck collar on and my mum was standing there and she's and my sisters and they all just burst out crying because <laughs> 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 like they didn't like like to see some of a broken neck so i think like breathtaking you know when you see someone up the street like walking down you're like oh that must be so bad you know uh-huh. like like it, it was pretty hard to start like see trying to sleep like a like a plank basically it yeah. was so hard like but it's a learning curve too yeah dude you're such an inspiration for any of the young guys out there wanting to get into this game and um, we'll maybe not talk too much about broken necks <laughs> No, we'll we'll not talk about broken bones. Uh, But I want to, just before we wrap this up, I want to ask you, just for any young guys out there wanting to race, they're looking for sponsors and just need advice. Like, what would you say? Because you've you've touched on it all, you know what I mean? You've been Mm -hmm. a privateer, you're now a professional. What Mm -hmm. would you advise young guys? Uh, Like like I've always been saying through the whole interview, like, uh, enjoy it. Like, don't, don't try and strive was just try and strive for to be sponsored and be a pro but like you have to enjoy it you can't do it just because it looks good type thing you know you have to enjoy you have to enjoy what you love the ride is riding your bike you have to enjoy to do it you know like that's what i look at and yeah just get results and then things happen you know like once you have the results and you have the and they see the motivation in you to get to where they want to be like you to be you know what i mean like they mm-hmm. want you to be up there so if they see that in you and they see the drive in you like they'll go i would like to sponsor that we lad like he's got the motivation to be the best you know that's what they look at Aye. so just 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 keep trying don't get like i know it's so cliche but don't give up like 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 i remember there's times i've nearly give up and like my dad's like right when you're necking come on and then it's mm-hmm. like right let's go let's go let's do this and then like it's 
like never give up like a, it's it's not worth it you know to give up like for all that work you put in just to just to throw it away in five seconds you know what I mean just to, to quit no I just like just be motivated to keep going mm-hmm. yeah great advice do great advice um and it is easy I'm sure you know like you didn't quit at that age after having that injury and you know it just yeah. shows you it would be it would have been very easy and nobody would have blamed you I think if you walked away at that stage yeah I know it's very true like I remember the girls and the woman in the hospital was like uh, I take it that's you done riding bikes and I just give her such a dirty <laughs> I just give her such a dirty look and my dad I remember turning around and goes that's not a very nice thing to say to a wee lad is it like yeah like I just like the day after I broke my neck like like and mm-hmm. I remember coming back to school and stuff and my teachers were all just like oh well you're not going to be like they were so negative like my school was not supportive of me whatsoever like about me racing bikes and like they were just like oh get a real job think realistic you're never going to do that and that, I think mm. that motivated me too you know like like they were just like wind your neck in like you're that's impossible to do that and now I am racing and Mm-hmm. I'm pro, you know, and I'm being paid for it. And like, I remember driving into the, the physio one day, and my one of my teachers was sitting there with her son, and she get looked at me and goes, "Jacob," and I was like, "Yes," and he goes, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm a professional mountain biker," and it just felt so good to say that to her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just to be like, you told me I wasn't making it. Like, like you told me that I'm never going to make it, and now I'm making it does that make sense <laughs> i i know it's cool because you, you do get so many naysayers and yeah, yeah. certain people react that okay oh well everybody's telling me i can't so i'll not yeah. but then there's people like you that take it as motivation to actually yeah. chase harder for what you want yeah I am very motivated like that. I have to I would say that's one of my strongest points. <laughs> Aye, and you know it comes through. It definitely comes through with you. But I think that's what it takes to be at that level at anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so hats off to you. No, thank you. let's chat a wee bit about the future before I let you go because I'm sure you have bikes to clean or something to do anyway. Today is an easy day. Today is an easy day. Cool, cool. (laughs) Um, So have you thought um, a wee bit more into the future? Have you thought of an end goal with mountain biking? Is there anything after the race thing you think you would like to do? Well, my biggest goal would be like a dip to my biggest goal is to be world champion. I don't think I'll want to quit until like I'm world champion. That sounds like mm-hmm. sounds very out there, but like I know that I've got the ability and the skill to do it. So I'll, my my goal is to be world champion, and it has been that goal since I started racing. So that's mm-hmm. my that's my goal, and I just really I'm more focused on that and to be what my career's when my career's going to end. I've never even thought of that. You know, I just yeah. I'm more concentrated on the present and being world champion. Perfect man. Sounds good. Sounds good. And it's you need something like that to push towards, eh? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Like I say, I wouldn't do it if I didn't want to do it to be that, you know, like there's no point riding down the hill and be happy with twentieth, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So what's planned in the near future for you? Where are you away to next? So on Monday I leave the Montserrat World Championships in Canada and then go to Snowshoe World Cup after that and then that's the world cup season over and then i'm not too sure what can happen after that i'm not too sure Mm -hmm. yeah are you looking forward to those races yeah i'm really looking forward to it i'm I'm more looking forward to seeing how my shoulder 
is, you know what I mean, too. Like I'm, and I know I, I can I can do well at these races, and I've been focusing on them. So let's let's do my do my best, and what happens happens, and not too too much pressure on myself, and just focus on the task in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, is your dad going out with you or anything? Or no, no, just right. my team. Just cool. Team. Cool. And how how many people are on the team completely? Like how many years would travel at the one time? On the giant team. Yeah. Uh, so there's one me, Marcy, Oscar, Pavel, Stevie, Drew, Cole, Cam. I think there's eight or nine. Martin, right, wow. Nine, there's nine, nine or ten if if uh, Joe Stauber, our head manager's there. So it's usually about ten, and then there's yeah. two downhill riders. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that's a big crew, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. There's a lot goes on behind the scenes to get you guys to the top of that mountain and on a bike. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of a lot of grafting as such, isn't there, in the background? Yeah. From yeah. from everyone's from everyone's side, mechanics, mechanics, uh, riders, managers, like everything. There's a lot of effort in all of it, you know, and like I think that people forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Jacob, thanks so much. Now, how can people follow you and get in contact and fi- figure out what you're up to? Uh, probably Instagram and Facebook. So my Instagram, I think, is just Jacob underscore Dixon. I think it's DH in the end. So, uh, mm-hmm. so for downhill, DH for downhill. So, yeah, that's my Instagram. My athletes page is on Facebook. So it's Jacob Dixon, I think, DH athlete or something, I think, something like that. Okay, so all right. If you just well, type in my name, it'll come up probably. Yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll throw links on the show notes to to that as well. Um, So, listen, dude, thanks so much for coming on. It was great chatting to you. No, Uh, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, you're you're very open about the whole thing and the whole scene. And (laughs) it's cool, man. And, you know, the Irish scene, the guys coming from Ireland and everything else is outstanding. It's unreal. Yeah, I think Ireland punches above its weight, like I, in mountain biking. They punch above their weight in mountain biking. And, like... In everything else, like it's such a small country, like rugby, everything, like we're such like football, like everything, we're all boxing, everything. We punch Aye. above our weight, like we're we're good, we're they like, a good country, like I have to say. Yeah, it's unreal, huh? Yeah, it's unreal. Well, dude, listen, good uh, congratulations uh, on your your Irish downhill championship again. Thank you very much. And um, good luck for the near future and these last couple of races and the shoulder and everything else, dude. I'll be keeping an eye and seeing how things are going. Thank and, you. Um, now, you have to make me a promise when you become world champion, you have to come back on the show. No, I, I will. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry. Good hopefully, stuff. Hopefully that'll be next month. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully it will. That'll be good. That'll help the podcast out too. Uh, yeah it would definitely alright bud well listen I'll let you go um, have a good time enjoy yourself out there and uh, stay safe alright ok thank you very much for having me cheers bud cheers bye that's a wrap for episode 102 folks thanks so much for being here and tuning in and Jacob thanks so much for coming on the show dude I really enjoyed our chat and um, I hope everything goes well for you in the future it was great to get you on the podcast and get your insight into the downhill mountain bike scene and see it from that professional perspective is very very interesting so good luck with the injury good luck with everything else that's going on there and I hope the future has got some nice podiums on there for you now if you want to know more about Jacob folks just go to the show notes at mtb-tribe.com 
Just search for Jacob's episode number 102 and you will get all the info there. Some back links, some cool videos and some good resources for Jacob. You can also find out a wee bit more about his sponsors and who helps him along the journey. So thanks so much for listening. Now, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps us boost on Apple algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people, hopefully getting them off the sofas and on the saddles. Now, if you're not on Apple, don't worry. You can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. And as I mentioned, we also have a website, mtb-tribe.com where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show from there. You can also subscribe from there, get one email per week and a quick synopsis and link to the show and who's going to be on the show. So you can easily link from there. You just click the button and it takes you right through to the episode page. Now you can also get involved on the old social medias, of course. We are on Facebook and Instagram at MTB Tribe. And please take screenshots, help share the show and get the word out to people. That's the best way to help the show, to be honest. Just get the word out there and get more people tuning in and more people enjoying the show. Now, if you're new to mountain biking, stick around. We're going to bring Adam on and Adam is going to tell us a wee bit about how he feels you should get involved and get interested in mountain biking. So let's have a little listen from Adam from Trail Explorer Mountain Bike. Hi, it's Adam from Trail Explorer. So the best advice I can give someone who's just starting out is know your limits and then just push it that little bit every time. So whether it be stopping a session in a feature you've never ridden before or pushing yourself a little bit further up that climb than you did the last time and then before long you'll be linking all these things together and riding the trails with confidence. The next bit of advice I can give is if you're going to do something then 100% commit to it because most crashes happen when you're first starting out through hesitating. And lastly, don't wait for the weather. Just get the appropriate clothing and get out there and I guarantee you'll enjoy it. So if you want to find out a bit more about Trail Explorer, you can find us on Instagram with trail.explorer or Facebook and YouTube by just searching Trail Explorer. Also check out the guys from Nartec doing some pretty awesome stuff. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks Adam Bud. Good advice there for anybody wanting to get started and even for some of us that are started to be honest. <laughs> So folks, thanks very much. Thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate you being here again this week. And I will chat to you next week for another episode of MTV Tribe Podcast. But until then, stay MTB stoked.